This is an SM Media production. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPay, delighted to be your host as always. Joined as always by Wilson. Wilson, what's happening this week in the world? Ah, it's a, a wee bit disappointing result today. Um, generally thought we could go to Celtic Park and get something with how bad they are, but wasn't to be. So, um, unfortunately, the bottom six just now, but ready. We can only go up from now. <laughs> Brilliant. Shankers as well. Shankers are back. Shankers, what's happening? Aye, good, Scott. I'm good. Good to be here again. Brilliant. And we're joined by a very special guest this week. We're joined by the presenter of St Marin TV and the presenter of Go Radio Football Show, Ali Defoy. Ali, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you very much for asking me. It's a pleasure of something to do on a Sunday night. Brilliant. <laughs> I know. Nothing to do on a Sunday night anymore. Not since I'm a celebrity finished anyway. Uh, <laughs> how are we? You all right? What's, how have you been kind of doing the past couple of weeks? Yeah, good. Busy, as I'm sure you can imagine, with the football show launching and St Mirren TV has been busy too. Um, this week I'm off, so I'm looking forward to finishing my Christmas tree bobbles and uh, having a bit of a chill out. Be nice. Brilliant. Game on Wednesday, but other than that, chilled. Be nice. Confident. You're confident for Wednesday night? <laughs> you joking? <laughs> <laughs> um, mm, well, I don't know. Last time St Mirren played Rangers, Morelos scored two. There was an own goal. Um, I'm thinking because Rangers' current form, it'll be tough. But you know what? St Mirren have pulled some things out of the bag before. You never know. Stranger yeah. things have happened. Two great results over the over the past week. So it's not impossible. But again, the goal. But we'll start Three off. Three great results. Three great results, definitely. Motherwell and two Aberdeens. Two Don't Aberdeens forget. as well. But we'll touch on quickly. I just want to kind of get your thoughts on this, Ali, as well. Like we'll oh, just no. touch on obviously the COVID, the model have launched an uh, sorry, St. Marin and Kilmarnock have launched their appeals on the the walkovers from Mother that Mother will got. See, just for us, uh, obviously Wilson's got a Kilmarnock point of view as well. Like how do you feel that there's a chance you might get the appeal when the games might be able to get played? I'll start with you, Ali. No. <laughs> the way St. Marin's luck goes, no. It would be amazing. It would be brilliant, but I think highly unlikely at the moment. Aye. Wilson, what do you think? Yeah, I have to agree with Alison there. Um, now, Alison? Sorry, Ali, is it? Sorry. Sorry, I thought it was Alison. I was in trouble. Sometimes I put up different names in my tag on Zoom, so I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, so, sorry, I have, to, I have to agree with Ali there. Um, now, and again, I'm not going to be completely vindictive because it was Kamala. If that is the rules, then albeit that you, you have just have to take your punishment. However, I, I can very much see this happening down the line to a, a, a much bigger club than Comalta at St Mullen, and there's suddenly been a miraculous change of precedent and change of rules. Because that, <laughs> that, that, that's what's going to happen. I said, I said, listen to, uh, I think it was off the ball last week, um, and they were talking about it, and they mentioned about actually just deducting the points from Kilmarnock and St Mullen rather than awarding um, the points to the other team. Um, but again, I, I thought that was a bit of hogwash as well. Um, but as I say, Kilmarnock, it's fine for Kilmarnock and St Mullen with deducted points, but when this goes to bigger and better clubs, well, we'll, we'll come back to this conversation and see um, how it pans out. 
Definitely, definitely. But we'll move on. We'll talk about the results over the weekend. We'll start off on Saturday. Aberdeen beat Ross County 2-0. Two goals from Curtis Main. Moved them to fourth in the league with 31 points. Ross County sitting in 12th with 13. Big result for Hibs. Going to Hamilton and winning 4-0. Going to third in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, St Marin. We'll touch on St Marin in a few minutes. But a massive result for them. Going to Murrow and getting a result. Winning 1-0. McGrath with a goal. Livingston as well, another team that they got a big win away to St Johnson 2-1. And today, Rangers got a big victory away to Dundee United 2-1. And Celtic get back to winning ways with a 2-0 win over Kilmarnock. Shankers, what was your kind of big takeaway for the weekend? What was the big result that caught your eye? Uh, well, I think St Murns. St Murns was out away to Murrow. I know Murrow have, uh, home form hasn't been, hasn't been too clever, but it's still it's a hard place to go for, Park. And, and some other picked up a, a few decent results at the weekend, so uh, that was probably the one that caught my eye. Mm-hmm. Ali, how big a result is that for St Marin? Getting them off, getting to tenth place. I imagine that's always a target for St Marin. Well, higher than tenth, but yeah, if you speak to Tony Fitzpatrick, isn't it sick? Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it, we had something to prove, didn't we? As we were talking about a moment ago, with the points being awarded. That for me was a big game as a fan, like out with work, to be able to see us beat Motherwell and to say, well, actually, it would have been a home game that those points were awarded from. So for us, it was a big game and, of course, nine games in a row now. So happy days. I think it's a positive that we've not had for a while at St. Mm-hmm, definitely. Is it always, like, as you say, as, as I said there, is it, do you think, can I realistically, like 10th place is, is definitely on this season? Do you think you will survive all right? Absolutely. I think that's me being really confident, isn't it? Asking <laughs> down. Um, but I, I think there, there's so little in it at the bottom of the table at the moment. A couple of wins and we could be in fifth position. So I've um, got a game in hand, although that's with Celtic. So depends if they continue their, their recent form over the past couple of weeks. But yeah, I think it's doable for us to stay up. We've we've been at the bottom before. We've been against Dundee United and managed to to hang in there. We don't have Vaclav Haladke anymore, but I think it's doable. I don't think it's unrealistic, put it that way. Definitely. Shankers as well, like obviously we'll touch on you know, your big result of the of the week was Rangers going to Dundee United and a big result. Like again, the Rangers juggernaut just keeps rolling. It's another big one going going away from home. Like it's a great result for Rangers. What did you kinda of think was the, the main talking point? Uh, well, I just obviously one of the biggest talking points of the game is Rangers probably should have been reduced to ten men uh, early on in the part, uh, early on in the game. Not could have, the game could have planned out differently if if Rangers go into ten men, maybe give Dundee United a, a wee lift. Uh, but Rangers, I don't think they were at their best. I don't think they were they, they were dominant as in possession based, but they were, it's not as if they were, it was chance after chance. You know what I mean? But see, just the way that, that they're playing now, the if, even though they're not playing good, they're, they're still getting results, and that's obviously signing signing a good team. So uh, Stephen Gerrard will be, be hoping that continues uh, the, over the course of the season. Definitely, Wilson, Bobby Morelos was that a red card? Uh, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. I don't. And again, and I, and I go back to this all the time. I can appreciate the referee's decision, right? But what is the fourth official doing today? What what he must have been five yards from that incident. And if he can't coach the referee into making the correct decision, then 
you know, it's, it's bizarre. But again, it's, it's a mistake from the referee. I'm quite sure by just now um, he knows that. Um, and you know it's a sending off when both Alan McCoyst and Chris Boyd are saying it's a red card for Rangers. So, um, I, I, I think the referee got the decision wrong. But again, I'm not particularly going to blame the referee. I'm, I'm putting more blame on the fourth officials, though, because as I say, he must have been metres from that incident. If how he can't help the referee in that situation, then it's, it's a farce. But again, and just kind of going on what Matt said, I quite believe Rangers would be completely comfortable with 10 men, um, to be honest, to, to be Dundee United. So, let's, so, where do you, this, can I ask Rangers team, they just, like, today, like, uh, they went, I wouldn't say they were at their best, but they still got a, a, good, a good result. But the goals are coming for defenders. Tavernier again, 17 goals for the season. The free kick, Alec, what do you think of the free kick? How good was that? Tremendous. It has to be said. <laughs> Wish we had someone at St Mirren that could do that. <laughs> but like, how how important is Tavernier to that team? Like, as I say, like a few years ago, nobody would. If you go through my Twitter for a few years ago, I was the captain of the. the let's get Tavernier. Let's get a new right back bandwagon because that Tavernier's no answer. But again, it's just every week. It just looks so much. It just looks better and better. Shankers, how how important is, is Tavernier to that Rangers team? Listen, I think he's he's like a, a steady player. I think that's what you get from him most weeks. Very rarely of recent times have you seen him, maybe last year, a couple of times in Europe, sloppy defensively. But the way Rangers play and they've got most of the ball all the time, it, it suits it suits him to a tee. And he, he's, got, he's, he's probably in the running, front runner by a bit for, for a player of the year if he continues that, that form on. I, I, think, I think he'll go on to be be the player of the year but as I said at the turn of the year where Rangers have dipped in the past he needs to be the one that kind of kind of rallies round and, and makes sure that there is no slip-ups for them and I think I think obviously with Gerard as a manager he's installed that mentality too to Tavernier uh, I think he's a, a different player head and shoulders above above the rest at the moment can I, can I just make a point Scott on that now as I say Mark will certainly know better than I do you think the emergence of uh, Nathan Patterson has maybe given Tavernier a bit of a rocket to say, because let's be honest, Scott, in what Scott said, Tavernier was becoming a bit of a fall guy with the Rangers supporters, um, especially yeah. last season, especially when it kind of went belly up and such. Um, and I wonder, because the boy Patterson looked absolutely assured uh, through the week mm-hmm. in, yep, in the game. And I just wonder if Tavernier's thinking, I need to be 100% every single week. Um, to keep this fellow at the team because the, the boy looks good, the boy Patterson looks very good. Mm. I think that as well. You I think. See, oh, sorry, there you go. On you go, on you go, Shankers. See, the thing is, see when you look at the squad. I know Patterson's obviously a young boy and he's not getting a lot of minutes, but when you look, they've almost got two in every position. And right back was the kind of one where if Tavernier gets injured, they're thinking, kind of, oh no, are we going to maybe have to move somebody out of position? Maybe put Ryan Jack in there or something, but. As you said, Patterson come in midweek and Gerard won't to think twice if, if an injury comes to, to the captain that, that he would just be able to stick him in because he looked he looked comfortable in, in a European European game and, and he'll he'll be pushing at the door. I know it's he's not gonna drop the captain or whatever, but he'll he'll be pushing at the door and it'll probably keep uh Tavernier's performances at that level, uh, if he keeps training and, and applying himself the way the way that he has been. Definitely. But like good results for Hab- Aberdeen Hibs as well. Like obviously Hibs went Hibs went third. Brilliant, brilliant performance for Hibs four 0 
Wilson and Jenkins, uh, there's a few managers under a bit of pressure. We'll touch on the Celtic game in a few minutes, but like Hamilton, 11th in the league, Motherwell, kind of six straight home defeats. Like Jenkins, maybe Brian Rice and Stephen Robinson are under a bit of pressure right now. To be honest, <coughs> Hamilton don't tend to just keep rotating managers. Um, Hamilton tend to kind of stick with tried and trusted for a, for a, wee, for a longer spell than maybe most other teams. Uh, I would say, is, is there any, is there any point in getting rid of Brian Rice? You know, at, at, at this stage, you know, Hamilton are going to be where they are, eleventh or twelfth. You know, every single season, um, they've obviously got a very good youth set up and are looking for the next McCarthy or MacArthur, Brian Easton, whatever. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't think Brian Rice under any pressure. I, I did. I'll be honest. I thought I didn't think Hamilton would beat Hibs, but I don't think it was easy as Hibs um, as it was. Um, Granty managers under pressure. Uh, so who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, Stephen Robinson at Mullow. No, I, I think I think his past achievements will, will, will keep him there for a while. To be honest, and again, he's he's um, benefited from you know points um, that maybe got un, unjustly or whatever, or by the rules, shall, shall we say? I, I think he'll be fine as well. Actually, I think there's other managers probably in the league that are maybe under a wee bit more pressure than uh, Brian Rice. Mm-hmm. Stephen Robinson. Definitely. Ali, you've been in the radio quite a lot lately and I imagine every talking point has been some something to do with Celtic. Like how big a win think that was for Celtic today, one and two and all at home at Kilmarnock? Um, I think they definitely needed it. I think the fans needed it for a lift, especially with everything that's going on at the moment. It's so difficult. I saw the protests obviously earlier today. I just think that for Shane Duffy especially to get a goal today, I think for his confidence that'll really help him. Um, Moyel Nunesi, whenever he seems to be on, he seems to get a, a goal. So I think it will be good for them. Um, obviously not great because the next match um, that should be played or rescheduled will be with St Mirren at some point. So it's not ideal that they're starting to get into form. But I think for Neil Lennon and for the team, it's a boost that they need. Um, but I'm more so happy for the fans, to be fair. Definitely. Wilson, we've been on this every week and we're going to continue it further. What do you think, Jane? This is... A turning point for Celtic? No. <laughs> I think, I just, I just said before we come on here, um, I think you'll find by tea time at the 2nd of January, Neil Lennon will not be the Celtic manager. I don't see them going undefeated up, up until that game. Um, and again, I'm not, I think, don't get me wrong, second half performance, they deserve to win today. However, if Kilmarnock had a wee bit of pace and a wee bit of creativity in forward areas, then you'd be, we'd be on here tonight saying that Lennon would be away because Kilmarnock could have easily, especially based on in the first half, get something from that game. But the second half, they just felt he fits, to be honest, in Celtic, kind of, as they do up that gear. But, and again, it's, yeah, it's fine from a Celtic point of view for Alexa Duffy and whatnot, but what, what I just don't get, and as I say, I've been critical of other managers in the past, but I've very right to be, I'm just saying. Um, but, more than Celtic have absolutely no confidence. The players are playing with no confidence. The manager has no confidence in the players. The players have no confidence in the manager. And you can't get a shot in target. You can't go there and probe. Now, again, when it goes 1-0, okay, you're still thinking, this is still the same rotten Celtic it's been for August. Let's just have a go. Okay, now, Celtic are not at the stage anymore of beating you 5-6-7-0 and I've, I've been to Parkhead on loads of occasions where that, that's what's happened. You've ever had a wee pop and they've scored three goals in 10 minutes and it's game over. 
They are playing with no confidence, no creativity. They're just relying on having better individuals in the teams they're playing against. As I say, and I'm a big fan of Alex Dyer, to be honest, but he should have went there and had a go at that terrible defence today. I mean, Frimpong was playing, so we could have at least scored. You know, but I don't get this just sitting back and waiting for them to score and then just trying to keep shutting up shop at 1-0 and 2-0 down. You know, it's... I, I was really disappointed quite they say first half were excellent, done their job, you know, closed them down, shut them down, hide them pressed in the sec- second half, you know. But again, it wasn't as if well, Celtic could have won 10 all the day. They couldn't have. You know, the first goal was a deflection, the second one, and, and this this again annoyed me, and I'm not just because it was Connor Goldson. I look at these set pieces, and every time Julian or Ayer, or Goldson, or Ballingen, or Helmander, or any giant centre-half score ahead of Duffy today, I'm thinking, why are they not Matt? They are the biggest players coming to a high ball in the box. Why not double up, or why not one person be so close to them they can't even get a, head, a, a proper header on it? And, and it annoys the life out of me. It really, it really does. And for Duffy to score a towering header, when we've got Broadfoot and Finlay, you know, guys, guys with a bit of height, I'm thinking it's bizarre. So, like, obviously, next week's the big, the big cup final, when kind of the likes of Hazard, Sorrow, Turnbull, even Greg Taylor come on the day and kind of started looked looked perfectly all right. But do you do you go with that? Do you go with this new kind of system that's that's kind of worked the past two games, or do you bring back the likes of Scott Brown or change the goalkeeper again going into a cup final? It's it's a big talking point. I'll start with Ali. What do you think with that? What do you think is going to be the lineup in the cup final for Celtic? I think. Confidence-wise, maybe stick with what they're going. Turnbull got an assist today as well, didn't he? So I think if he were to change it, the fans might, and it doesn't work, the fans might say, why did you change it? So if he sticks with it, if it doesn't work, I don't know. I I would imagine sticking. So what's that game, stick and twist? Stick. (laughs) With the stick. (laughs) Blackjack,よろしくお願いします。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとう
come in from nowhere and he's he's been comfortable in the in the two games that, that I've seen. But I think in a cup final, uh, a Scottish Cup final, that he'll play his captain Scott Brown. I, I just think it, that type of game and and just the fact that he's the captain of the club that that he'll he'll play. I think it, it'll be a big statement if he doesn't. Because he'll let them know that nobody's safe, nobody's uh, kind of position safe. But I think he'll go back to the likes of Laxal, Christie, Brown. I, th- I think they'll come in uh, for that final. Scott, can I change my answer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just remembering the post match um, press conference with Neil Lennon, and he did say he would want to award or reward the players that got them there. So there probably will be a change. <laughs> Day, you want to go and win, win the final, so a team that's just won Thursday and, sun, and Sunday, surely you want the momentum to keep to keep going, if you know what I mean. Because the, the, those players are obviously caught. Turnbull, Sorrow, the likes, Taylor's obviously come in. Those players are confident, so surely you, you want to keep keep that going rather than then you, you drop them for the final and then they lose confidence and then they have to come back into the team. Mm-hmm. It's a position that probably doesn't want to really be in, to be honest. Definitely, but we'll touch on the Scottish Cup final later on. I just want to ask a quick final question, just on the kind of other game, the last game we didn't touch on was Livingston. Well, St. John Mar- uh, David Martindale's got the job there with that. I think it possibly has, to be fair. Um, he's produced uh, is it three or four victories on, on, on the bounce and scored a few uh, goals. I, I, I think they'd be mad not to, to be honest. I think he's well just given up to the end of the season to see. See where he is. Um, again, they'll have a three or four games before January, so I would think he would get at least till after the Christmas period's over. Um, if he keeps up the success, then why not? He's obviously proved himself. The players are obviously buying into uh, what he's doing, so they'd be daft not to, to be honest. Definitely. That was a look at the results. We'll move on to our special guest today, Ali Defoy. Ali, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, no. Yeah, it's good. Good fun. I mean, obviously, you can have. Can I grow up like a football fan? You were a fan of St. Marin. Like, who were your kind of early heroes growing up? Like, who did you love going to watch at Love Street? Was it Love Street back then, yeah? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I loved Tommy Turner. He was a favourite of mine. Barry Levetti. <laughs> Super Baz. Um, Ricky Gillis. Big fans of those. Yeah, they were kind of my favourites growing up, if I'm totally honest. I've never heard it. Never heard it. Barry, <laughs> Barry Levetti, Wilson. Sorry. How good was Barry Levetti? Barry was a smashing player. I tell, I tell you what, he, he was a smashing fellow as well. It, um, I'm trying to think, before Polly Shankers was born, I think it was maybe 1998, um, we, we went on holiday, uh, me and one of your former guests. In fact, two of your former guests were on uh, Ironap on holiday, and the very first person we bumped into at the airport was Barry Levetti. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, it was it was an enjoyable two weeks, just let me tell you that. It was some it was some laugh to be fair, but what a player he was as well, goal machine. Mm-hmm. So good before, goal. I see just before we touch on gonna I'll just want to ask you something. Obviously we'd beg you on the show and I, I wanted to kinda of ask you about the story. What do you have are you getting you can fire back at Beggy with the, the story he told me? Ah, uh, no, I mean, the, 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 the story to a certain extent is true. There's a couple of embellishments. Um, it's, it's a longer story. I wouldn't want to cut up any Ali's time, but I'll, I'll tell you boys Go another day. Go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you boys another day. 
But there's a couple of embellishments. And to be fair, I mean, I saw his Facebook post saying that I was on the phone. He actually phoned me and said, don't you dare tell them anything. So that's <laughs> all you need to know, to be honest. Brilliant, brilliant laugh. But uh, Ali, like, just as well, like, what was your kind of early memories with St Marin? What was your first kind of big memory? Of, that, that's just why I like to be a St Marin fan. Um, probably with my brother and my dad and my mum, we used to go now and again um, to the, like, the hospitality days. And my brother was a mascot one time and um, Barry Levetti got to walk him out. And that was, for me, I was kind of hooked after that, watching my big brother on the football pitch with his, his favourite player at the time. That made me really happy. So probably that. And Cozy Katongo and his kids used to run about with mad hats on all the time. And I just thought it was really good fun. So yeah, probably that was my earliest memory. I was like six or seven or something. Brilliant. And what made you kind of want to get into the media, particularly the kind of football side of it? So I always wanted to be a presenter. I knew that when I was younger. I loved Lydia and Kelly, Ant and Dec. I thought, yeah, I really want to do that. That's a job. And then I got told at high school that wasn't a job. So I had to kind of work, work my magic there. So I went to a dance school in Glasgow that did performing arts, um, Knightswood Secondary Dance School Scotland, which is phenomenal, by the way. Not that any of you guys are going to go, but if you've got any... Wilson, <laughs> like, Performance. Yeah, well, maybe. I think, I think we'd like to see an audition, <laughs> I think we're running out of time, but uh, <laughs> but so I went there and I knew I wanted to do sport, but I knew I loved sport and I love presenting, so I thought I'll go and learn how to be a presenter and then I'll get back into sport at a later date. So then when I kind of started presenting for a good couple of years. I thought right now it's time to be able to hone that craft, but be able to talk about something I'm really passionate about. Not that I wasn't passionate about jewellery when I used to present jewellery. I loved it, but not, not quite the same as football. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously during that time, yeah, I, I didn't even know this until I, I kind of looked, I've done a bit of research and I found out that you were, you're a cameo in a, a very famous soap in Scotland. <laughs> well, I didn't play myself. I played a wag. Um, I'd gone for an advert commercial for the Fort Shopping Centre and I had to pretend I got my heel stuck in a drain or something, snap my shoe and try and buy new shoes at the shop. I didn't get that commercial. But um, the next day, the casting director phoned me and said, uh, you've been cast in River City. And I couldn't quite work it out because I hadn't gone to an audition, but she said, you were going to be the wag of Andrew Murray, which was the footballer on the show. And it turns out to be, I think, Sam Hewan now. Is that the guy who's Outlander, I. Yeah, yeah so I, I think it was actually him. So, but the first time I met him, he was in character, and it was really weird because it was in the canteen um, at the River City set. And he came up to me and he went, You're the lucky girl that gets to kiss me today. And I thought, This is going to be the worst day of my life. This is going to be horrendous. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just had to cry loads. Cry. I think I was getting dumped. Cry and oh. kiss, like a breakup kiss or something. It was really weird. But, yeah. I've never watched it. I don't want to see it. Please don't tell me you haven't. <laughs> I've not seen it. I've not seen it. I just stuck in. I looked and I, I, I looked. I did look for it. I never, never seen it. Must it'll be hidden. I imagine that'll be hidden. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Like when you obviously like you went on to like Aston Villa. Aston Villa was it like you know was that just as a kind of media manager? Like what was your kind of job there? Oh, at Villa, no. Um, I just did a documentary for them on right. their VMF restaurant. So right. this is a really cool. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's there anymore. But they had the one of the sort of top star restaurants in the whole of Birmingham 
and they are they were the number one suppliers in the West Midlands of coriander and some other herb um, potatoes as well I think so they have this massive allotment where they basically grow all the match day produce so they have like baked potatoes at half time and they grow them all in this big allotment right next to the ground and they use all the water from the roof to water the plants in the summer and water all the, the vegetables which is really random but quite cool um, and then they had this restaurant which they teach kids in the local area and I guess sort of teenagers and give them qualifications to be chefs or to work in the, the restaurant industry so it's a way for them to give back to the local community so it was their fifth birthday so I got to spend some time there filming and um, meeting some of the team there so it was good fun. Brilliant. I think if they got a red card they had to go and dig potatoes though. I think if they got suspended any players that was their sort of chore to do. don't know if any of them did it though. <laughs> do, you implement the, do you implement that as Stuart, Wilson? Absolutely not. I, I don't have any, any uh, rules or anything up there. That's, they're, they're alone to themselves up there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm only there as a guest coach. A wee bit like Alison to Ali tonight. I'm, I'm just a guest coach. <laughs> Brilliant. But obviously, Ali, you're now at St Marin TV. Is that the dream job for you, being, the, being at the club you love? Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. Um, it's brilliant fun. Really good guys. Um, fortunately, when it's on Premier TV, we don't get to do it. Or if it's on Sky, we don't get to do it. But it's been really, really good fun. Um, it's great finding out more about the charity side of the football club as well. That's something that I knew about but didn't know too much about. But it's really good. Um, and Goody's a great. I think he's brilliant. So... It's always helping, whether it be on the football side, charity side, he'll give us time for anyone, for anything. So, yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, it's like a second home for me in the club. It's really weird. It sounds odd, but I spent sort of most of my life there on a Saturday or midweek since I can remember. So, so it's nice. just feels like I'm at home just chatting to those that I know or new family members, which is really odd. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Go Radio now as well. You do that, you do that kind of show where... Well, it's a Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry, Paul Cooney, Rob McLean. Like, what's, what's the kind of banter like with them? Oh, hilarious. Brilliant. <laughs> Barry is very straight up, very to the point. Like, he will tell you if, he, if, he's, um, if he's not impressed with something or if he loves something. He's, he's great. Um, Cy, hilarious, full of energy, full of fun. Both of them would do anything for anybody. They're so kind. Um, same with Paul, same with Rob. Rob, it's, he's like full of facts. Honestly, he's like an encyclopedia. Don't know how he keeps it all in there. Um, and Paul Cooney, well, he's just a legend of, of radio, isn't he? So sports and football shows go hand in hand with Paul. So it's just loads of fun. They're always really nice to me. Being the only girl, they, um, they don't make me feel like left out. They're, they include me in everything. So yeah, good bunch of guys. Good fun. Who's the, who's the one time you've said, you've said after an interview or something, yeah, he was a top guy. What was it? What's the one you can interview you? You thought he was a brilliant guy. Yeah, I mean, about everyone. Um, <laughs> honestly, hey, we'll everyone. Change, I'll change it up then. I'll change it up. What's the worst? <laughs> well, I had a. Oh. So that he's not the worst person. He's a lovely guy, really nice guy, but it was a really awkward situation. Um, I feel so bad, right? Rangers and Hamilton. Rangers had just humped Hamilton. And Stephen Gerrard had come out, done his interviews. Brian Rice came out. But no one else in the press asked him a question. It was just 
silence. And I was like, I'm going to have to say something. Like, I'm going to ask, I didn't know he was coming out because he said he wasn't. So I said, oh, difficult day at the office. And he was like, that's an understatement. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> so that was a bit awkward. But it, we had a good chat after it, so it was fine. But yeah, that was, that was probably my most awkward moment. Do you still get like starstruck? No. Do you not? No, I don't think I've ever been starstruck, which is really weird. I just get excited to be able to ask people questions and for them to, to tell me things. Possibly the most butterflies I had was before I spoke to Tiger Woods when he made his comeback at the Open back at Carnoustie. That was probably the most I was like, oh, this is quite a big thing. Um, and Gary Player when I spoke to them. So that's the kind of golf side of things. But football-wise, I, I don't really get nervous. That van, maybe I no, should. No. What was what was that? What were you and Tiger talking about? Um, we were talking about his putting. Actually, he was out in putting green. We were just catching up and seeing how his his form was ahead of uh, doing his practice round at the Open. So that was cool. Brilliant. Well, should you have to add like? No, I was, just, I was laughing to myself there um, about being starstruck, and I remember when. Um, Marco was uh, assisting Barry at Clyde, and and we were we were in Marco's house. Me and another friend of ours were in Marco's house watching whatever. And Barry phoned, and we we were giddy as young kids. We were sitting on the couch. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Barry Felix is the phone. We just talked to Marco about a player for Clyde or something, and we, we were starstruck. And he wasn't even in the room. He was on the phone <laughs> to somebody else, not even us. <laughs> But again, he's a, he's, he's a big hero. Everyone's a Rangers fan, Scotland fans, whatever. He's a big hero. So that, that, that's where I was starstruck the last time, probably. <laughs> I, na- I named a table at my wedding after Barry Ferguson. I <laughs> 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 tell him this. This is brilliant. Is that, is that why I was invited, Shankers? Is that... <laughs> and, then, and then knocked his team out of the Scottish Cup. So. That's, that's right. That's right, aye. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Did you get starstruck that day? I and see see one of the most got it hangs is I get pulled away straight after the game for an interview, so I didn't even get to shake his hand at it. And after the game, man, we got it. But I don't think it, I don't. Think, what sorry? Barry's hand. I because we played uh, Kelty Hearts in the Scottish Cup, and obviously I had I, I'm a big Rangers fan, so and obviously he's a Rangers legend. And I like when you're playing against his team, and then so after the game, I was looking forward to like, just shake his hand, say well done, what no. But then I got pulled away for an interview, so I didn't get to say that. But I don't think he was in too good a mood anyway, so I'm probably glad I never got him. Did you score that day? Aye. Aye. Is it early doors? Aye, it was an early... Aye. Uh, no, oh. it was late oil because I got a booking because I jumped into the crowd. Ali, <laughs> 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 wish I can... Like, obviously, right now, we're playing without fans. Like, how's it for you, like... Do you kind of miss the atmosphere when you're presenting? Absolutely. It's, it's really hard because you look for someone to like cheer with and they're like really <laughs> far away with a mask on and you can't even tell if they're a St Mirren supporter or not because obviously they're within the media. So I, I find it quite hard. It's really weird. Somebody said to me it was almost like watching sort of reserve matches, like under 21s. Um, it's no fun from that point of view. Like you'll overhear me in the commentary just squealing by myself and then obviously you're not really supposed to do that so that's quite bad but no it's not the same at all especially when we have been getting back to winning ways it's such a shame 
brilliant. And who's like, who was your kind of mentors? Like, obviously coming into the media, like, who was your, who's been really good to you? Like, obviously when you're presenting kind of football and things like that, who's been really good to you in that department? Um, recently, Barry Ferguson, actually, he's been a bit of a mentor with me recently, which has been really good. Um, before that, oh, do you know what James Cole works at Sky Sports? Um, I went down and did a little bit of a two-week training at Sky Sports News and spent most of it with him. Um, and he was brilliant. He was really, really good. Really enjoyed working with him. Um, and taught me quite a lot about cricket, which is not something I ever really kind of got into, which is why I didn't kind of pursue the, the, the route of Sky Sports News. But yeah, probably those two, if I'm honest. Brilliant. It's, uh, it's been absolutely great to be on and I, I really enjoyed it. We'll move on to some fan questions quickly. I just want to ask Wilson, first of all. Wilson, this is for a fan. Like, when it, with, new, with the board now receiving criticism, is it the right time for Peter Lowell to go? Again, I, I don't think we know enough of the ins and outs. Uh, in, unless you have a ready-made replacement that's maybe got a CV similar to Peter Lowell's that can step into that role. As I say, I, and I've said in this programme before, it's the structure of the club that's wrong. It's not necessarily the personnel. And as I said last week, how any club, and I'm, quite, I'm, I'm don't get me wrong, I'm quite sure it works in the continent or whatever, but how anyone can go and sign players then give them to a manager and coach that picks the team is bizarre. So I think this elusive person, Nicky Hammond, should be the first person that either needs to come out to the public and state what he is and state if he's responsible for these signings or... If I was Neil Lennon, I would be I would be coming out and hanging this guy out to dry if he's making these signs and they'd be hanging Peter Lawl out to dry. I think his position is unattainable anyway based on results. But Neil Lennon should be coming out and saying, well, I don't I didn't sign Barkas, I didn't sign Shane Duffy, I didn't sign Frimpong, these guys. There's just no honesty in it anymore, or no integrity. Because can you can you imagine? Like, you knock your pan all week and you're turned up and you're told, oh, by the way, I've just signed a goalie for four and a half million pounds, but I didn't sign John McGinn for two million last year. And and again, yeah, I bring man. that down to, and I'm not saying he probably didn't have, Brendan Rodgers had an ego, but I'm quite sure Peter Lowell did that to prove that his ego was bigger. So I can understand the Celtics' frustrations about Peter Lowell, but unless you've got someone that can come in and let's not beat about the bush, Celtic are a massive club, massive it's the same job at Manchester United, Liverpool, Rangers. These clubs are massive. Somebody needs to come in there and be able to do that job straight away. Okay, you can't maybe come in, you know, now and say, oh, it's all Peter Law's fault. Because I don't believe for a minute it is all his fault. Again, and I'm repeating myself from previous weeks, all, for me, I think it's evident there's an issue within the dressing room as well. Um, but again, unfortunately, you don't sack 20 players, you sack, you sack one manager. Mm-hmm. Again, the, the, the John Kennedy effect as well, you know, an up-and-coming, smashing centre-half defender that spent the last 10 years coaching and sailed it across the worst defence in the SPL. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't make true. And that doesn't, that doesn't make, make any sense. You know, you've got Neil Lennon who played into the kind of same age that Scott Brown was doing and realised himself by going, I think he left Selmate Nottingham Forest or something, you know, down the leagues, etc., realised I'm by, but then play Scott Brown every game. So there's, there's lots of wee things that are not right there. But 
I, I do think Celtic fans need to be very, very careful in terms of the pressure they're putting on Dermot Desmond because there'll not be that many billionaires out there that's going to come in and say, oh, well, I'm just giving my money to Celtic and we'll, we'll try and you know, turn the but corner. Why, but why is Desmond getting the... Uh, to me, the way it looks to me is Dermot Desmond has been, since obviously taking over for Fergus in 1999, he's, done, he's pumped money in every year. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, year. And that, that's what I'm saying. That's why I don't get Dermot Desmond's getting the criticism. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. That's what I'm saying to you. And it's easy enough to, to blame maybe Lawl or Hammond or Lennon or Kennedy or the players. There's a lot wrong there. And I, I, I don't get the, you know, sack, the, sack, the sack the board thing. You know, because last week it was sack the manager. This week it's sack the board. What's it going to be when they lose next Sunday at Hearts? Who, who are they going to sack then? <laughs> the whole situation is bizarre, to be honest. And as I said, you better be careful what you wish for. Because, again, and I know sometimes Lennon maybe dines out in the back of this, Peter Law was the man there when they brought in the likes of Van Dyke, you know, made a profit on him, Fraser Foster the first time, Moussa Dembele, all these guys that made Celtic a hell of a lot of money. But the problem has been they haven't went and spent that money. They've, they've made all this money, it was all this, oh, when Rangers were in a bit of turmoil, it was all this so much money in the bank, Champions League money. You know, they've not kicked the ball in the Champions League for, for seasons. Last time they ran to get beat, was it 9-1 for Barcelona or something? So... All, all you think that's why they're not spending money then? Because they're no recouping it back for qualifying to further stages. But do you know how they are you know spending I mean? money though? Aye, aye. But Celtic and, and the fans talk about all this money they've generated for European football and, you know, I don't think that money's there. I, I, I genuinely don't. I still think they're also relying on uh, Dermot Desmond um, to, to, to do a lot of the funding. Because you're not, I, don't, I, I don't think for a minute that Celtic have sold 60,000 season tickets this year to watch it on the telly. I don't think for a minute they've sold the amount of strips and merchandise they would have sold. Um, I'm, I'm sure all, all clubs are the same, but to, to go there and do this that they did in the early 90s, that maybe only me and Ali will remember. Uh, was Sorry! <laughs> the sack the, the board stuff, it's, it's, it's bizarre for me because... It's no one near that stage, is it? But, that, but that's what they're shouting for, and that, that's what all the banners are for. And the problem just now that I can see is the players and the manager. It's nothing to do with the board. The board's give. I wouldn't give Neil Lennon any more money he spent. When he spent two billion in a loan fee for Duffy, and he scores against Kelly, I really know what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a wee bit more. Four and a half on Barcast that's given away more goals than anybody. He's not do, you think that's why he's not, do you think that's why he's not playing them, to prove a point? Almost because they they maybe they maybe weren't his signing, so he's like, oh, well, he's a thought took the money for them, but um, they're no my players, so well they're obviously his players, but they're no like, it wasn't him that went up. He never went and identified them to go and buy them kind of thing. Four four and a half million or something for a goalkeeper to sit on the side, and in, in Scottish football, it's a lot of money, isn't it? But that's what I'll take, take you back to when Brendan Rodgers was under a lot of pressure. It's not in terms not under a lot of pressure. Rangers were starting to progress and, and you know, cut the gap, as, as, as they used to say. What did Brendan Rodgers do in an old fun game, or two old fun games in a row at Ibrox? He started Callum McGregor at yeah, left back, and, he, uh, left back, and mm-hmm. he started Mikey Johnston up front as a striker, mm-hmm. who quite possibly is right up there with Jermaine Frimpong as one of the worst players I've seen in a Celtic start. <laughs> <laughs> they started Lewis Morgan in the, the cup final. 
Hamden as well. Because I think he played four games one season, all four were against Rangers or something. And he was getting hung out to dry. The young boy hadn't played any any like consistently five or six games. And so as I say, Celtic fans need to be very careful with this whole sack the ball because money has been spent, but it's been spent in the wrong players. And if it's Hammond, Lennon, Kennedy, other players, that's the issue that needs sorted. Mm-hmm. Ali, I just want to ask you this question. With uh, the loss of Forbes, Morelos and Edward, do you think both Celtic Rangers have made a mistake not selling them in the summer? Morelos? No, I don't think so. Um, I think he maybe, I could be wrong, but the gist of what I'm getting from the manager is that he wants him to get his head right. Um, it's maybe nearly there. I think, I'm not sure if it's fitness. He doesn't look as fit as um, I've seen him. But I think maybe they're hoping that if they just stick with it, they will then, at the end of the season, have a really good season and maybe sell him for more. And as well and as that, was, well, Edward as well, do you think Edward, like obviously Edward's in a bit of loss of form, do you think, I think what they're, get, I think what they're getting at with this is, do you think their value is going down, kind of since this, is going down since the summer? Edward, possibly. Morelos, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think there's still still a way to go till the end of the season. So I'm not 100% convinced either way. Would that is that. That's like a not really, <laughs> not com- non-committal. Would you Shankers? I think, see, just because clubs know the goals they've scored like last season, etc. They've not hit the ground running this season, but see, because the clubs will have in the back of their mind, they know what, what they're capable of, like what they're capable of doing in previous years. So that's always in the mind. Morelos, 20-odd goals. Edward will be the same. Clubs know what they're capable of, so that, that's why they'll, they'll be bought. And, and Rangers and Celtic, it's actually worse at the end of the season because I don't think they'll be in a position where they can afford to turn down offers, Rangers especially. Say say a ten million offer comes in from Morelos, can Rangers afford to turn turn that down? Because I'm not gonna Aye. Wait, we we'll, we we'll, all right, ten we we his I don't know what the figure was at this the start of the season there when they was talking about Morelos going. It was last season, Mark, before Christmas it was eighty that were expecting. <laughs> I don't think their value will go down because clubs know what they can do when they're on form but it's just whether the clubs can afford to hang hang for the for the bigger bigger price if you know what I mean I think clubs will come in and test the water with, with a lower offer to see if they can they can get a wee snip there but I think I think it's inevitable. I think both the players will leave at the end of the season. Definitely. I I I agree. But what what I would say was, and I say this this will probably come back and burn me. But Edouard <laughs> and Morales will never ever play for a bigger club as Celtic or Rangers. They may earn more money elsewhere, but they won't they won't play for a for a bigger club. Look look look, and Mark might disagree. Moussa Dembele was 10 times the player Morales and Edouard there. And where did he go? Pub League in France. Now, <laughs> was good, but it's a pub league. It's a, it's a one league winner. All right? See, because they're foreign, foreign players, and this isn't any disrespect to foreign players that come, but do you think if it was a player of 
that was from Britain, they know the stature of the club. Of course, they know it's a big club, but they maybe look, no look down in the league, but they think going to a French league or an Italian or an English league is better, where they'll not be going to a bigger club, but because of the, it's a bigger league, kind of, and more yeah. kind of in the, in the, in the shot good. window almost again. Now, Morales, for example, I think last season or the season before was linked to Newcastle. Rangers are a bigger club than Newcastle. Top line, but he'll get 40, 50 grand a week more at Newcastle than they will at Rangers. So, so there's that aspect as well. Newcastle won't win a trophy. Rangers will win several trophies. So again, you, you have to balance these things out. I know you'll be playing in the English Premiership, but um, those two fellas won't play for bigger clubs. And just, and just on that, the financial aspect of buying and selling them, I always think it comes down to who, who's going to buy them. So, so for example, if, let's just say, Atletico Madrid want Morales, right? They may get them for, just say, between 10 and 15 million, right? Let's just say that for a number. It might be more, it might be less. If Fulham want them, they could quite easily get 35 million because that's where the money is. And that's the type of silly money the Premiership clubs will spend. So it depends where they go if they get the true value. The, the true value. Now you're yeah. looking at again, Dembele went for what twenty-two and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well lucky. Well, you, you'd be easy to get fifteen at the max for Edward and for Morelos. Easy. What happens? But does, do you see if you're a scout and you'll watch? You're going to watch Morelos and Edward. Do you take a lot of confidence now in the way they're playing? Morelos. I think Morelos is probably. I don't see it personally, but I think he does a lot off the ball. But I'm not. I'm not seeing the same Morelos and Edward that I did last season. Scouts don't go to one game. A man plays for over two years, especially bigger clubs. Morales mm-hmm. um, is, is is proven. You know, yet yet again, he can, he can score goals. I know he's been a bit of sticky patch this year, but for the last couple of years, he's been. You know, he's been. I think he's. He's. I don't know whether he's been told to or whether he's doing it off his own bat, but I think he's kind of try to change his game and that's taking his goals away, like drop him deeper and try to link up play, etc. rather than just staring about the box and, and get his goals. Again, I think that's kind of took away his goals, but the fact that he's coming to be this link up striker, which he is, he's half decent at it, but I think I would rather him stay up the park and, and let Kent and, and Roof and those kind of players come and get drop deep and get the, the ball. The first game of the season, though, when they played Aberdeen, you know, he's obviously thought, we'll try Morales as a 10 or a wee bit deeper. Ball in, his touch around the corner, goal. So they mm-hmm. think, this guy can play this position. You know, and it's maybe not just going to work for him, but as I said, they'll have a, they'll be looking over the last few seasons, and it's, it's the same with Edward as well. If you watched him this season, when he got a game with Stuart, but if you watched him in previous seasons, then he might, he might get a move to Talbot or something. Do you think it's something to do with the fact that there's no fans? He seems like a performer. Does that make yeah. sense? Uh, he, he plays on the edge, doesn't he? When there's, say, like, if there's a bad tackle and the game's all hyped up, uh, I agree with that. It seems a bit flat, kind of. Both of them, probably. That, that's, that's the old adage. No one's got fans. It's like, oh, AstroTurf. Everyone's going to play in that AstroTurf. Do you know what I mean? I mean? Some people might prefer not to have an audience on their back, like calling it an audience, but prefer not to have fans on their back all the time, whereas some I people think, kind of strive with that. Uh, Tavernier's thriving on it, I think he's it's actually worked in his favour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, see at Ibrox, I've been at Ibrox before, and it gets to 70 minutes and it's 0 0, 
and he goes and puts a cross in and, and overhits it, overcooks it, and it goes out the far side for a throw in. And then you're getting boos, you're getting shouts. He he's he's going and, and putting a delivery in, and see if he misses it, he's no caring because nobody's got on his back. So I think it's gave some players more confidence because there's no fans getting on their back and they'll, they'll do the same things over and over again. They're not scared to make mistakes. That, that maybe says a lot about the players' mentality, but I think it's helped. It's working in Rangers' favour. Mark, are you trying to suggest that before 70 minutes, Rangers haven't been awarded a penalty? A couple more questions, then we'll touch on the Scottish Cup final. I'm just going to throw this to whoever wants to answer it. With Patrick Kilmarra looking like the second choice, did you see a future for Lee Griffiths at Celtic Park? Who wants to answer that? I'll go. I, I, I think if Lee Griffiths can get himself 100% fit and be challenging to be in that team, if that, that's not a motivation for him, then uh, nothing will ever be. There's, there's a Scott, uh, Euros, uh, Euros is coming up. He could be the number nine. See if that incentive can't get you to the top of your game. Nothing will ever get you up for it. And in my opinion, see if Rangers are playing Celtic on Sunday. I would rather play, if I'm Rangers, I would rather Edward play than Lee Griffiths because Lee Griffiths is one of the players that can work a goal or anything. I think teams fear playing Griffiths because of the goal-scoring ability he's got. So I, I think if he, the incentive's there for him to get in the Euros, be Celtic's number nine, because he, he should be looking at going, Edward's maybe going away, I could be the number nine for, for years to come. I'm not sure what age he is, but uh, I think if he kind of get himself 100% fit uh, and firing all cylinders for Celtic, then he'll, he'll never get a play for a bigger club, as Mark touched on earlier with, with Morelos and Edward. He'll never play for a bigger club again, so if he kind of get himself up for up for playing in that team, then he'll never get up for anything. Ali, what chances do you give St Mirren on Wednesday night against Rangers? <laughs> oh, um, as a fan, I'll be hopeful and say draw. Um, as Go Radio presenter and being serious, I think we'll lose. Who's the most important player for St Marin? Say again, sorry? Who's the most important player for St Marin? In general? Or for... for um... In general right now, who's the... I don't, I don't know what the question... I think the question means the now, but it can be of all time if you want. Most important of all time is a biggie. I'm going to go with Vaclav Haladke for that one just because uh, he kept us in the league. Um, and right now, that's a tough one. Based on the weekend and how many saves he had to make, I'll go with Jack Anik. <laughs> Goalkeepers for both. <laughs> Goalkeepers, you mean? Brilliant. Final question. I just, I'll, ask every, I'll ask everybody this, but I'll start with Shankers. If we're fully fat, what's Rangers' best three midfielders? It's tough, oh, isn't it? That's a, that's a hard question. <laughs> if, oh, in my opinion, uh, the midfield three, if Rangers are playing, say, Celtic in, in the 2nd of January at the weekend, 
my midfield three would be Jack, Kamara and Arfield. I love Stephen Davis. It's, it pains me to say that, but but uh, it's it's so hard. That's the thing. Rangers are actually spoiled a wee bit now because they've got like Haji, Aribo, Jack, Davis, Kamara, Arfield. Six, uh, five, six players that, that should be, could be starting every week. So that boy Zunga uh, looks good. I, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks good as well. I think Gerard's doing a great job of keeping them all happy. It, it's it was so hard to keep five or six of the players happy because unfortunately two or three of them are only going to be playing every week. That's squad rotations obviously helping. But if if it was the three starting midfielders, in my opinion, would be Jack. Kamara and Arfield. Ali, would you agree? Um, I think I've not seen enough of Zungu to to count him out, if that makes sense, or count him in. So I think I'm with you there. I like Aribo, but Arfield, Kamara and, and Jack, I'm, I'm with Mark on that one. That's the best I've seen Arfield and, and, uh, since he came. The Rangers, I think he's undroppable at the, at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think he has to win there for me. Balls from the drink. I think they could go into the old firm game with Gascoigne, Albert. I don't mean when they were at their peaks and the best players in the, in the league. Right now. <laughs> um, again... I want, I want Ryan Jack to play because I think it benefits Scotland. I think, you know, he'll be in the squad and I, I want to be going there full of confidence, etc. But I think I tend to agree with Stephen Gerrard now. I think Jack's the odd one out. Um, but again, there shows the difference again. Gerrard is probably managing Stephen Davis better than the way Neil Lennon is managing Scott Brown. You know, and I, and I think you can look at that way because again, Gerard, centre midfielder, end his career. I mean, I know he took the easy option out and played in America for two years and probably didn't break sweat, even <laughs> in those temperatures. Um, but I, again, I think if I was Gerard, I think at the moment Jack's the unlucky one. But in an old firm game, then I would probably play Jack, to be honest. And sorry, Scott, just going back to a point Matt made about Lee Griffiths. Now, in my opinion, Lee Griffiths is still Scotland's best striker. I, I don't doubt that. But I'm wondering, and you said, you know, if he can get motivated for the Euros, etc. I'm wondering if he looks at Steve Clark and his use of Lyndon Dykes and he's thinking, I'm not going to get a game regardless. Because if Lyndon Dykes gets injured, Steve Clark's not going to turn and say, right, I need to go 4-4-2 here. He's going to look for someone of similar ilk that can play I'm up. Wondering. That's unfortunately who it will probably be. Um, however, however, I think, not necessarily the aerial threat, I think Stephen Naismith might be an outside chance of playing that lone striker role if Hearts won it in the first division. And that's why I think, as I say, I think Hearts have a big say next week. Um, if you want to lead on to that's a good link for well, that. Aye, that's good. That's good luck for you. In terms of having Craig Gordon in a showpiece game and Stephen Naismith, that ultimately Steve Clark will be sitting there watching, I would imagine. The hearts have a chance. Yes. Of course. Right. Yes. Craig Gordon, bags of experience. Halka, Andy Halliday, Stephen Naismith. These guys have run the course before. I, I, I have I think this will be 
Craig Gordon's final revenge to Celtic Neil Lennon. That's that's what I'm going to say. This could come back and bite them yep. in the arse because they they're having problems with goalkeepers. And now three different goalkeepers have played over the past two weeks, and they've got a perfectly good goalkeeper that, in my opinion, was doing nothing wrong to to, to be at the team. It's just unlucky for the Foster filming. And if they're getting a goalkeeper, if Foster's quality on loan, they're not going to play Gordon. It's unfortunate, but right now they'll be kicking themselves because he could be, he would be their uh, first choice keeper right now. But I don't think I still think they would have signed Barkas if they still had Craig Gordon. I don't know who I don't know who signed. <laughs> <laughs> because no Fraser Foster was obviously the first choice, but David Marshall wasn't it? David Marshall wasn't it? Wasn't no but, no, but no, but what I'm saying is, if if I would imagine with Celtic, the stumbling block was Fraser Foster's salary. Aye, no, definitely. So, but surely the, trans- surely the transfer, surely the transfer fee was that as well. Salary and got him for a, a season because I mean, I'm, I'm watching. I had a vested interest in Southampton this morning, and I'm watching that. And I'm, I'm I'm thinking, I mean, is that fellow McCarthy? He's doing really well. I think what's Fraser Foster? They're just sitting in the bench. It was even at the game. Was so it his can... choice to to stay at Southampton? Yeah. Take it. Yeah. But again, so. but again, if Celtic, how how much was Celtic had to pay to get him? Well, that was the point. Well, we've got this Champions League one, so pay it. You, you, I, I think you would have got Fraser Foster for six million, but yet we signed Duffy and Barkas for six and a half. That makes sense. But they didn't need to sign anyone because they created Gordon. They didn't need to sign Fraser Foster. Just to put Craig Gordon back in. Mm-hmm. Ali, how do you see the cup final going? Uh, I think it would be nice for Hearts with everything that's been going on with them and they've still got their bus from 2013 that they had ready when they played St Mid and didn't get to use it. So <laughs> that, would, that would be nice for them. Um, I think Hearts will put up a big fight and I think the way Celtic have been with their inconsistency, I think, it's, I think, it, I think it could go either way, if I'm completely honest. Hearts will be rubbing their hands. They couldn't get Celtic at a, a better, better time, if you know what I mean. Like, I, I think Hearts are I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't doubt that you're not joking. <laughs> did they just, what did they win? Was it 6 0 at the weekend? 6 1. <laughs> <laughs> right, final score predictions, Ali. What do you project the score will be? Remember what, that's yeah, remember that's what going Twitter, so... Oh, no, come on. Can I go last? <laughs> go, aye, uh, you go last then. Wilson, I think I know what's going to happen. 2-0 Hearts and 8-0 Rangers at Love Street and shoot a Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> it's the Smizer Stadium, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm showing my age again. <laughs> The they only renamed it like two weeks ago, don't worry. Right, it changes every week, doesn't it? <laughs> right, sorry, 2 0 Hearts, Scott. Score, name the scorers. Halliday and Naismith. <laughs> oh, oh, oh that'd be good, wouldn't it? Dankers. Uh, 
Nah, I think Celtic will win. I think Celtic will win 3 1. I'm going 2 1 Celtic. I think it'll be the same as last year. I think Hearts will come back Ce- into it. And Celtic, will concede. Celtic will concede. Like the way they're playing the notes is if they need to score three goals, two, two or three goals to, to win a game, unless they're playing Kilmarnock. They almost need to score two goals straight away to win a game because it's inevitable they're going to concede. But it'll be tough. Hearts have got every. It's a one off game. So hearts will find ourselves. Right, Ali, let's let's get the score. Um I reckon it'll be a draw and then go to penalties oh. and then hearts will win. Get a Gordon the hero. Yeah, it's been brilliant this week. I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's us for last week. But thanks very much to Ali for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have very much. Thank you for having me. Brilliant. Wilson Shankers, pleasure again. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks for See you later. Cheers. Nice to meet you.